At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we can. Government is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name's Tim. I'm a conservative. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website at libcon.podbean.com. We're in the iTunes store. We're in the Google Play store. We're on the Stitcher. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at libcon. Matt, Tim is at libcon. Tim, and you can buy Tim's book on Amazon. It's called Things I Want. Uh, how's it going? Tonight we're going to talk about uh, DJ's first hundred days. They're up. This is the, this is a, this is a thing that all news people do. So we're going to do it too. You know because we're just as legitimate as Anderson Cooper. He just we're news people. Yet. Yes, we are. We're in that business. Uh, you know, and then just a, a few uh, other little things. We'll talk about the North Korea thing and and just some other stuff from the week. So you know, uh, I don't know. I'm a little out of sorts at the moment. If I sound a little weird, I've been doing more family things all day long. So, but uh, I, I did hear the the the, the funny the funny story about uh, our our niece and Darth Vader. Did you hear the story? I did not. So yeah, this was hilarious. They went to a, a birthday party. Uh, a little while ago, and uh, Darth Vader it was a Star Wars themed birthday party, and, and Darth Vader showed up uh, because that's what Darth Vader does. He shows up at birthday parties now. <laughs> he's, he's a joke, and uh, so he's walking around, you know, interacting with the children. And our niece, who is three years old, uh, immediately decided that it was her time to take out Darth Vader. So she grabbed a lightsaber and attacked. Nice work, Hannah. Yes. <laughs> so fight the dark side right i mean yeah I don't know. yeah this is this is the same child that was asked what she wanted to be for uh, career day and insisted on dressing up as batman so um anyhow uh how are you i'm well yeah excited to excited to talk some politics awesome well here we go so uh the, the first hundred days are are done for for one for one president dj uh this is kind of a bullshit metric is it not I, I, you know, I, I, I sort of feel like this is not an entirely fair thing that we do to new presidents. The, they're, they're judged by their first hundred days. Although I don't necessarily feel bad about doing it to Trump because he was really quite blustery about his just his first 24 hours, let alone his first hundred days. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Does this seem like a wrong thing to do to them? Do, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I mean, any any company, any any job that you get involved with after three months, they're going to expect to see some amount of progress that you're that you're taking these steps, that you've you've done things, you've accomplished things, uh, and so this is our first metric. It's a pretty standard metric in any. You no, know, that's true. I hadn't really thought uh, about that. This we we look at this from a standpoint of this is your three month evaluation. Right. Yeah. This is this right. is his first quarter. Right. Yeah. Any any of you folks out there who own any form of re- business or restaurant or anything, you you're you're every every quarter you're putting all of your your profit and losses together and looking over them for the first quarter and seeing how things went. You're paying taxes for the first round. You know. It's yeah. Fairly standard thing. So this so, is this is this is really to decide whether or not DJ is going to qualify to start earning vacation and get his health insurance and pension. Yeah, not pension, four hundred one k reimbursement, right? Because we don't yeah. do the pension thing. My bad. Right. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, this is all this this is this is a pretty standard metric, and uh, you know, let's not um, you know, let's not. And, and I mean, calling Trump out is so easy, pointless. Oh, pointless at this point is what it feels like is that it's effing pointless, but we, we should at least note that he did say on November 8th, Americans will be voting for this 100 day plan to restore prosperity to our country, secure our communities and honesty to our government. This is my pledge to you. Did you memorize that? Nah, (laughs) I have the internet. Like I'm not not in a cave or something. Uh, so I mean, he himself said, "This is this is how quickly we're going to do it. This is what's going to happen." MBS, you didn't do it. So don't turn around and try to say it was a ridiculous metric. It was this or was that. You you did not accomplish what you said you would. 
Um, well, I don't know that he said it was a ridiculous metric. I said it was a ridiculous metric. No, he did. That's where all this is coming from. He said that on uh, on Monday or on um, not on Monday. He said it on his Twitter account. I don't remember which day. Oh, I quit paying attention to like you know Twitter uh, and him. Well, I saw the news story about his Twitter. I'm not actually taking the time <laughs> to go through Donald Trump's Twitter. That's Thank that's God. not happening. No, yeah, that's no, too much. Talk about a waste. Um, yeah, no, I I mean, I don't, I, well, first of all, if he said it's a bullshit metric, then we're definitely going to hold him to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, but that was kind of my point with what I was saying with him early on is that, uh, I mean, on, on, on one hand, I go back and forth because there's all this talk about how you don't really see the effect that presidents have until, you know, a year that presidents and governors, particularly those two things until like a year, two years down the line, they get their own people in you know, which Trump's not really hiring anybody. So I don't know that that's fair, uh, you know, and they get their own things enacted and, and whatnot. And, and then you kind of after a couple of years, you really start to see the effect of things um, because it just takes a long time for, you know, the previous administration's stuff to sort of sort itself out. Um, you know, but yeah, Trump was very, was as with everything, extraordinarily blustery about how, you know, we're going to, we're going to be winning so much. We were going to be tired of all this winning. And I am thoroughly exhausted with all the winning that we've been doing with all the big legislative wins that he's had. So let's talk about him from a legislative standpoint. I mean, if we're talking about what he wanted to do from a legislative standpoint, I would say he pretty much gets a big fat zero on that one. I mean, literally, legislatively, what 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 has he done to assist the Congress in enacting anything at all? N- nothing that I'm aware nothing, of. Like, right? I don't, yeah. I don't I think mean, anything. So I, I, I everything think that's that he's tried to do, from my understanding, has failed. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, is there any actual serious, legitimate? The only thing I can think of is just the the bombing of the. Uh, Syria's uh, airport. But I mean, that's hardly something you can point to as in we decided we were going to make this happen and it, we managed to get it done with it. No, just something horrible happened during this first hundred days and he responded correctly. So, I mean, whoop de friggin do good yeah, job, I, I guess. Mean, yeah. I mean, you know, and he got a, he, he, he got it. He got a Supreme court nominee through, but in what should have been a slam dunk, it still took the it still took changing the Senate rules to get it done. Uh, so yeah, and because of the having to change the Senate rules, that I, I don't chalk. I'm sorry, I don't chalk that up to an accomplishment. I mean, we we failed. That now, so, you know, but how much of that was left? Of, but how much of that was left Trump, over? But I mean, was that leftover pissing matches that really didn't have anything to do with him? You know, because he did put forth what is as a as a perfectly reasonable conservative option. Judge Neal was not a was was not a a, a a a bad choice. I didn't think I that was my point with Schumer and the and the filibuster and everything else was that okay, guys, you can filibuster if you want, but I kind of looked at, at at Judge Neal and was like, I don't know that you're gonna get much better. In fact, you might get a lot worse. I was terrified it was going to be a lot worse. I mean, all right. So yes, he put forth a, a good candidate. So so yay, right? Good. But then, in order to get this accomplished, we had to abolish the filibuster, which is hardly a good thing. No, no. And I'm not saying it is. What I'm saying is that the fact that the filibuster had to be abolished and all of that, how much of that really had to do with Trump? But he was going to drain the swamp. He was going to make everyone work together, and it was all going to be so easy. You're right. You are right. The I'm sorry. But, I mean, this is, where, this, is, this is where the bluster comes into play. You know, this is why when I go into a job, like, I think I'm, a fairly, I'm fairly good at youth ministry. I'm pretty good at public speaking. I'm pretty good at working with teens. I'm pretty good at, these are all, this is all in my skill set. This is what I do. But I never come into a job with that kind of bluster and shouting. 
you're very honest about this is, you know, these are the goals. This is what we think we can accomplish. This is what we believe uh, is the best way to go. But you don't come out, you know, shooting everybody down and shooting your mouth off. And that's what he did. He ran around shooting his mouth off. And now he wants us all to be like, oh, well, 100 days is a tough standard. You know, it is kind of a tough job. No, you showed zero understanding for anybody and you get zero understanding from me. Live up to your expectations. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree. I, 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 I can't give the look. I can't give the guy any points for anything at all. I think he's done a lousy job. I don't think he's accomplished anything that he really wanted to try to accomplish. Then the things that he has tried and attempt tried to accomplish, he has failed in spectacular fashion with uh, proving that. You cannot bully government. It's not, you know, and I and I think that that's what was it? What was that analogy that Obama used about the? Was it Obama that used the analogy about the aircraft carrier? I don't know what you're talking about. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Okay, so I think I think this oh, was an, he passed was, the the he got he pulled the abortion thing, which for me is a good thing. He pulled that abortion funding. Yeah, so but that was good. yeah, but that was um, that was that was an executive order. Thing. Right, and, but that's still an accomplishment. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of things that he did that that one could construe as good. You know, not and, in any way original. Again, right, this, no, that's a that's a pol- it's been a political football. It's political football. He did do something. That is something well, that happened okay. that I do like. Well, so. I don't like that thing that happened. So that's know, a good point. Yeah. So. <laughs> there we go. He didn't get any points for me on that. <laughs> So, but my, my point is, is that what I was, what I was going, what I was going, getting back to is that I, I'm pretty sure this is an analogy that Obama made was that the American government is, is a lot like really probably government anywhere. I doubt that this is unique to the United States is that it's, it it's, it's more like it, it's, it's not a PT boat. It's, it's an aircraft carrier. You, it doesn't turn on a dime. You can't just stop it and maneuver it and turn it and go in the one direction. You have to slow it down and you nudge it one way or t'other. You don't just bring it to a screeching halt and turn. And uh, I think that Trump really wanted to believe that it was like a PT boat, that he could just hit the brakes and turn and, and, and be done with it, and that it would be really fast and really easy to do, because I don't think he has the patience for the slow roll. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's got the attention span for it. And... uh uh, you know, which is what I think ultimately will wind up being his undoing. But I think that this, the really the last hundred days, has probably proved should have proved to him that you know y- you can't, you have to do the slow roll because what he tried to do with the immediate stuff that he tried to throw out there was just one. A lot of the executive orders, for the most part, were sort of largely symbolic, silly things that aren't really necessarily going to make that much of a difference. And the ones that he tried to make that were big just immediately got shot down. Like the 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 not a ban the kind of ban the not really the whatever you know mm-hmm. so I yeah. don't know you know what so I mean no. for yeah. your first one hundred days not to mention the fact that his approval rating is abysmal yeah. you know still and and that does matter your approval rating does matter the way that the country feels about you does matter and that's really the sort of thing you could really look at in the first one hundred days because you could make the argument that you know within the first one hundred days is a little hard to. Get a lot of bills passed, which I, I don't know. I a meh argument. I mean, Obama got the stimulus package passed within his first 100 days, and that was a pretty big, that was a pretty big bill. Um, yeah, no. I'm... And the one big bill along those lines, uh, he failed. Right, it didn't happen. Um, so you could you could look at you know what's what's the feeling of everyone? How's everyone doing? You know, is there is there energy? Is there excitement? Is there look at look at what's happening here and look at this great and that's not there. You know, uh, there's continued wretched partisanship. There's continued infighting. There appears to be a lot of confusion and miscommunication and there's leaks and there's all. And there's, you know, he hasn't, they haven't filled a lot of, I mean, a basic thing you would think within the first 100 days would be to get your stuff, get your people staffed, right? Start filling in the, a lot of these appointments. And this is still going on that he's, you know, struggling to get his, um, all of his staff put into place. So, 
No, he's it's yeah, been he's a something something like six hundred different positions. I think that still yeah. haven't even begun to be filled. And yeah, one it, of the it's a crappy hundred days. One of the interesting things that I that I saw uh, the other day is that with all of this Benghazi obsession crap uh, that went on, and uh, you know, um, from both the uh, Trump and and the party, uh, the party at large. Uh, there is the, uh, uh, the state department official who oversees diplomatic security, who would be in charge of that, uh, as it hasn't even been nominated yet. There's no one in that job. Wow. So this huge, important thing, this major miscalculation by, by former secretary of state Clinton and all of it. And they haven't even bothered to get someone into that position. No, they haven't. They haven't even uh, nominated anybody for it. Haven't it's, not that, it's, it's, not that, it's not that they haven't even. It's not that they haven't gotten anybody like doing the job. It's that they haven't even put anybody forth for the damn job yet. Yeah. So I mean, look, I'm being largely quiet on this. I don't think it would be. You no know one. You know what? If you listen to the show at all, you know that I, I'm 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 mortified by ninety nine point nine 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 ad infinitum percent of what I've seen in the last hundred days. This is not surprising. The reason I'm and I'm not saying that. Uh, and, and I remain mortified by all of it. So it, it's not, you know, it, it's not a, it's not news for me to say that I'm mortified. No one's going to be surprised by that. But uh, the reason I'm, I'm shifting this a little bit in your direction is that you were very excited. Uh, and you, and you made no qualms about talking about that early on after in the days after the election and, uh, in, in the days after the inauguration, uh, the the prospect of having a fully Republican government led by Trump or not was very exciting to you, and and I I respect that. Um, are are you as excited as you were, or are you cautiously optimistic, or are you just bummed out? I mean, you know, I, I, no, just bummed. We're proving largely incompetent so far. What do you want? I mean, you know, I mean, disprove me. I mean, point to. Point to the accomplishments that we've made. Point to this, these things that we've done, these things that we've accomplished, and I'll well, and I'll get excited. But it, it sounds to me like our own party is as split as uh, the the Democrats or Republicans are split. You know, yeah. uh, so well. I mean, it did seem like you got Ted not excited. Date at the White House. Who's the dinner date? I don't know what you're talking about. Ted, it seemed like you got Ted Nugent uh, a dinner date at the White House. Was there oh, people? that's a big yeah. It does a lot that's for big. our country. And, and Kid Rock was there, so yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's something. Uh, no, big moment. Big moment. Big moment. It was. It was big. Big league. Big league. So, I mean, no, I look. No, I, there, there is nothing that we can point to as a party right now. So there's nothing Trump can point to. There's nothing we can point to as a party to say, look at these accomplishments that we're making. Look at all of these things that we're doing. Look at all these. Bi- no, they. I am unimpressed. Uh, yeah. Now I, I do continue to be impressed by uh, Tillerson. I'm very happy with him. I'm very happy with Mattis. I'm very happy with uh, McMaster. So I mean, there are there are people within the government individually uh, that I that I'm impressed with, but. Um, no, I'm so I'm not the, seeing the entire thing has not gone entirely in the shit. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> well, good. and the and this ridiculous uh, adjustment to the AHCA is just proof of our complete lack of of vision and our complete. I mean, that is that that to me, I could be completely wrong, um, but to me, just seems like the the politics at its worst. You know, just trying to shift the blame um, over to the states, you know, saying, well, we we're not going to get rid of these things. But you individual states, if you want to, you can so that that way, if the states do it, and it turns to crap. Then, oh, well, we can just blame the states and they never should have done this. You know, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, what, what is this? Is this the, now, if someone can disprove me, I'd be very excited to be disproven. You know, I would, and I'm hoping, praying that, you know, the hundreds of representatives and all the sinners are more intelligent than I am, and that there's somehow that I'm misreading this bill, that I'm not understanding what it is that it's doing. But I don't think that's the case. 
<laughs> wait, wait, okay, so hang on. What what is this? That MacArthur Amendment that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the MacArthur Amendment about the other day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'd ex- explain that for our for for our, our viewing our, our viewing populace. All right. So basically, here's the deal. So the problem with Obamacare um, is the issue of all of the premiums going up and that sort of stuff. Right. This is this is the one of the issues at heart. Right. Uh, and one of the solutions that the Freedom Caucus puts forth is wanting to get rid of these, the some of the stipulations in Obamacare that said that plans have to cover this, they have to cover that, they have to cover, right? Um, and so they want to allow for these catastrophic. You, you should be allowed to sell these catastrophic health plans. These are all of which I, I completely disagree with because this is not lowering the cost of health care. This is lowering the costs of insurance plans, but only because you're not getting covered for as much. So we're not fixing the simple fact that healthcare, actually performing healthcare, it is ridiculously expensive, right? We're not, we're not fixing that. We're just giving you less insurance and you're paying. So therefore you're paying less. This is not, this is not changing things. This is not helping. This is not helping. It's not a fix to the plan. This is not a fix. So now, mo a lot of moderate Republicans were very much against uh, the idea of getting rid of those things for for obvious reasons. Um, so what they've done is they've created this waiver, this MacArthur Amendment, so that according to federal statutes, you have these insurances have to have all of those things, right? But a state can now apply for a waiver. So that within that state, those insurances don't have to cover those things. So I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I I I I agreed with your reading on it when I read it that it was kind of that. That's a it's a oh, there's a word for yeah. it, but I'm not going to use it. Yeah, it's just like it, BS, so. dumb moves. We're not fixing anything. We're not addressing the heart of the problem. Uh, and part of it's because we refuse to accept that the fact that the individual mandate, it really is one of the best ways to go about making sure we have to be able to make sure that more people are in the coverage pool, you know, and there are ways to do this, but we are, we are apparently too scared, uh, and too divided and too lacking in leadership to make these things happen. Well, I mean, but even like even the thing that's baffling to me about that and the proof to, to me that it's not it's not about I mean, and you could say that it some of it had to do with like race or whatever, but it was just about the fact that Republicans don't like it when Democrats do things. Really, period. I mean, because like you <laughs> what are you have talking to, about now. Now I don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, no, because because even even Newt Gingrich knew that a mandate was the best way. Back in the 90s, Newt Gingrich knew that. And a lot of the plans that he put forth had a mandate. All of a sudden, a Democrat gets into office, they put together a plan with a mandate, and they flip out about the damn mandate. And that's like the first thing they flipped out about. And now there's all this stuff about, you know, uh, trying to, you know, that was all the way through the election. We're going to repeal the mandate. And then this is, you know, uh, was the centerpiece of what they put forth in the AHCA. But it's like you said, doing it without the mandate, and I've said it a hundred different times, you can't yank the, by yanking the mandate out, you remove the possibility for any kind of, of safety net of not, I don't want to use the word safety net, but anything that, that is meant to be that balancing point for the entire system. And just because the mandate doesn't have any teeth doesn't mean you don't need it. What you need to do is give it teeth. You know, and then it'll actually make a difference because the problem, at least right now, is that all these young people are just kind of going, well, I'll just pay the fine. No one's even had to pay the fine yet. Yeah, there, has, there, there has been no, well, I'll just pay the fine. No one has yet to actually pay. As far as my understanding of it is, no one has actually had to pay for this fine. And part of that's Obama's fault. You know, yeah, because, he he pulled, because he kept pushing it back. He, he kept, kept pushing, pushing it back. Kept pushing it back and pushing it back. Um. So, yeah, I'm with you. I got to I, I need to ask you a question because you said something last week about Ryan's quote being taken out of context about that. I'm not willing to work with Democrats. And I've got the context of the interview. Mm-hmm. 
here. I'm going to read it back to you real quick because I don't think that's being taken out of context. Uh, He said, this is regarding the AHCA. I'm trying to get this bill passed. Nancy Pelosi and I see things very differently. I don't want government running health care. I don't want that to happen. I want a patient-centered system. What I worry about is that if we don't do this, then he, he being Trump, will just go work with Democrats to try to change Obamacare. And that's hardly a conservative thing. If this Republican Congress allows the perfect to become the enemy of the good, I worry we will push the Democrats to work, the president to working with Democrats. He's been suggesting that much. Plan B is that we keep on talking to each other and figure out how we get to yes. That, to me, basically says, I don't want to work with Democrats. He's effectively saying, I mean, he said, I worry we'll push the Democrat to the president to working with Democrats. I mean, that's that 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 entire thing says, I mean, how was that taken out of context? Well, because the, the, the point that he's trying to get across is that you have a conservative vision of what healthcare look like, so it looks like, and you have a more liberal version vision of what healthcare looks like. And if what we wind up with is uh, the president going to over to the Democrats and focusing with them, then we're going to end up with a more liberal vision uh, of healthcare, which obviously is not what um, Mr. Ryan and the Republican party wants. They want a more conservative vision for what healthcare should be. Um, and so, and, and that's why I mean, I don't think that he was trying to apply that we should never work with Democrats, that we should not be uh, negotiating with them at all, that we should not be. But I mean, the idea that the president would go and just formulate a health care plan with them instead of with Republicans would lead to uh, a health care plan that would not be in keeping with conservative principles. Well, are there better silly. ways for him to have phrased it? Yeah, of course. And I've said that on my Twitter account as well. Like this was stupid, you know, like a bad way to phrase it. But I, I think it's some people have leapt to this idea. Look at him. He doesn't even want to work with Democrats at all. Well, eh, it's, it's not quite the full understanding of what he was trying to get across. Now he's the speaker of the house. Uh, you should be able to get your points across uh, in a clear and concise manner. So, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, the idea that the president would just be able to go work with Democrats and leave the Republicans completely out of the discussion is is not possible. He couldn't do that. I mean, there there would have to be if Democrats are going to have a seat at the table, then there has to be a bipartisan solution. Democrats just all of a sudden can't. I mean, even if even if Trump. And that all of a sudden woke up tomorrow morning and decided, you know what, the hell with you, Sarah Palin, I'm a Democrat. And put forth a completely 100%, here's how we save Obamacare, screw you Republicans, plan. They couldn't do anything with it. I, mean, I don't it, think that's true. I, I think if a Republican president decided to go over and work majorly with the Democrats on something, there would be enough, you would get a assumedly, if you're assuming that you can get 100% support from the Democrats, I would think he would be able to get the quarter of a percent, the, you know, the, a quarter of the House Republicans and, and senators to, Republican senators to go along with it just because he's the president. I hmm. imagine, I imagine that would be feasible. But all, all of that has said, I mean, I'm just saying, all I'm trying to highlight is that I don't think that Ryan was saying, no, we shouldn't work with them at all. I think he was fearing on a on a larger scale the idea that the healthcare plan would take a hard turn to the left, um, but he he phrased it poorly. He should have done better. He should have phrased it better than that. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm, well, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to say that he he was not at fault in any way, shape, or form. I just don't think I just do think, but I do think that that what he said has gotten blown up a little bit beyond what he intended. Well, I can, I can get behind that a little. I, I I do think some of that blowing up is his own fault, but agreed. Uh, As yeah. is ninety percent. I mean, there there are so many things that have happened that have, we have that Republican senators and and congressmen and president have, have said that it's just like why why are you even saying that? Why is this is unnecessary? Um, Word. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. I don't know. First hundred days, last little bit with Trump. I mean, we're not, you know, we got 
more a couple more things I'm going to talk about here in a second. But first, any anything anything further that you would like to add to these 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 things from a discussiony standpoint? No, so. I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm not impressed with this first hundred days. Fingers crossed for the next hundred days. Well, never mind. We'll talk about something else if it happens. So, round of applause. Who you got? We haven't done a round of applause in a while. So, I, I thought we'd bring that back. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back the round of applause. Um, well, we need it these days. We do. We do need it these days. Like I said, I'll, I'll give my, my round of applause to the that, that fearsome threesome of uh, Tillerson, uh, Madison, McMasters. I, I like all the things that they're doing. I think that they're saying all the right things. They're doing all the right things, uh, and they're managing to accomplish managing to accomplish this with a fairly unpredictable um, boss. So I definitely <laughs> give them a hearty round of applause for all the all the things that they're doing. I give them a. I, I would give them a cautious round of applause. I, I I do like them, and I and and I the the. Uh, McMaster is the one that is I, I find a and a really interesting guy, uh, but I cautiously I think. Do you did did you see where Axon was denied their petition to drill in Russia? I did not see that. They yeah they they petitioned to be able to drill for oil in Russia. They were denied. Uh, Who denied? They, they, so Putin denied uh, them. Like he no, wouldn't allow. Trump denied them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Which I thought was, was, was an interesting, I wondered if that, okay, so let's, let, let's go back a little bit because, you know, there were places where Obama let more of that kind of stuff through than was publicized in a lot of cases, I think. So I'm, I wonder if, if Obama's in office, does that get through and does Trump make sure that that got shot down purely because of Tillerson's ties to both Russia and Exxon? Yeah, I mean, this is a shocking moment of Trump yeah. actually caring and noticing uh, about op- the way that something would look. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a bad thing wise, either way. I mean, but, I do uh, believe, like, look, sorry, yeah, Exxon, no, your, your CEO is the Secretary of State. We do need to be cautious of optics and the ways that things look. Um, now, if he could just stop um, the billion other things that he does that are make for poor optics, then, uh, that would be great. I, yeah, I, I think that's the case. <coughs> Vanka. <clears throat> my, uh, my Wait, round. What? What? Where does, what? Huh? What did Ivanka do now? No, just, I'm saying optics. Ivanka hater? Things that, that things that look, that, you know, not, <sighs> I know, never mind. We don't need to refight that one. Okay. It's okay. What was your know. round of applause? Never mind. My round of applause goes to Ivanka. She's fine. Good. I give her a round of applause, too. Thank you, Ivanka, for encouraging the president to make the right decision in Syria. Uh, and I look forward to all the things that you will accomplish. Yeah, she's not my round of applause. Oh. I was just saying well. that. My round of applause goes to Jay Kush. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It's too easy. No, my round of applause goes to, you know what, all the all the good folks that went out and, and, and marched today for science and and for earth day and everybody who participated in earth day stuff uh i didn't necessarily get a chance to directly participate in such things but i i i try to make sure that the town i work for uh does its bit as far as recycling goes and uh we we recycled quite a lot of computer equipment this year and i feel really good about that uh there were there were marchers all over the country today even in raleigh uh which which was great uh, so keep it up. It's, it's, it's God's work you're doing folks where I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah. You know, and that does, I read an interesting, um, op-ed in the Washington post, uh, saying, uh, giving it basically his round of applause to Trump's 100 days. And what it was though, Washington was he post. Yeah. But well, no, wait for it. Um, but what <laughs> he was doing was he was uh, applauding, uh, Democrats and progressives in general, I think, for upping their involvement. Uh, you know, he sort of said he was worried that all of this vim and vigor uh, that they displayed in the first month after Trump's election would disappear, you know, and they would they would sort of disappear back into their... Um, their weed. 
they're back into their their weed and bio cars <laughs> and other such things. Um, Liberals you know, can be lazy story. sons of bitches. I'll give you that. Yeah. And, and they, but but they haven't. You know, they have stayed very uh, you know actively involved, uh, which I you know I think is a good thing. I'm glad that they're that they're involved. You know, I'd, yeah, I yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess the only thing that would concern me would be. Because, I mean, I, I, in fairness, then, I should be giving a round of applause to the Tea Party, right? You know, I, I should have been applauding the Tea Party back in, you know, 2000 and 2007, 2008 for their, and, and so on for their, all of those people for their involvement and their pushing and their everything. Um, but, I mean, they kind of destroyed my party. So, uh, you know, I, it's great when people get involved, Um but, well, but that's uh, the, that's the trick for the liberals now, though that that they have to try to walk that line of staying, continuing to put pressure, staying involved, but don't go too far. The Tea Party mm-hmm. went too far, and that's you know that's the that's the line that Democrats have to walk now, and we'll see if they can walk it. You know, mm-hmm. um, we'll I, I see. You know, I don't know that I think the jury is kind of still out on that one. But I mean, like, you know, the candidate that they put up in Georgia uh, who who did very well, he didn't quite get to that number that they wanted to. You know, Trump with all of his ooh, the fake news didn't make it work in Hollywood versus the real people and all this other bullshit that he tries to put out there uh, in the wake of the thing. You know, but the guy way well outperformed what, you know, uh, house people normally do in that district. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what he can do in the runoff, but he's a relatively moderate guy. He's not a, he's not a, he's not a, a really hardcore progressive. So, you know, that to me was sort of a good sign. I thought, and the, the special, like the guy that they put up in Kansas, who was a special for the, that special election, who again, didn't win, but did better than expected. You know, these are big margins that uh, in a lot of cases the Democrats needed to make up. And so making these things closer is a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, and I, I, I hope they don't lose any faith in just the fact that they didn't accomplish what they were hoping to accomplish, uh, which was an immediate victory, you know, because there is still a runoff to happen in Georgia. So, you know, uh, they're, they're good signs and they're not happening with really hardcore folks. They're happening with, with more sort of moderate, more moderate people, which is, which I think is good. So, um, you know, and, and it's proved to me that the, the fear tactics don't necessarily work. A lot of every, everything that Trump did to try to insert himself into the Georgia thing was a fear tactic. He was talking about how, uh, you know, all of his, I heard one of his robo calls where he said, this guy will raise your taxes and ruin your country and take away your family values and give the country back to ISIS and let all the Mexicans through. And it was all fear tactic crap. It was not any sort of legitimate argument. And that Trump to me, especially still thinks that with the way that you, he will win is by just scaring the ever loving shit out of people. And if he continues to do that, then he'll be able to stay in power and those like him will too. And I hope that's not the case, you know, not because I don't want them in power, but because I don't want to believe that that's the only way that you can win an election in this country anymore is to scare the crap out of folks. Speaking of immigrants, where's my wall? (laughs) Where's all this money from Mexico that was going to pay for it? Right. The hell is this? Now you want to put my hard earned tax dollars into the wall? No, sir. That is not what we voted for. Here Mexico we was paying wall. for this wall. Would it be good enough to have Taco Bell pay for the wall? Yeah, I, I'd settle. I mean, I'd take that. You think? I don't know, but everybody knows Taco Bell's not real Mexican, though. So it's not. I guess so maybe Chipotle it's, then. It's really not the same thing. So maybe, yeah, maybe we get Chipotle to pay for the wall. <laughs> Lord, I have to give a secondary round of applause because you're urging I uh, to you for urging me to watch this, but to to, to Dave Chappelle for for his new. God, specials on Netflix, is hilarious. which were damn funny. And you know oh, what? It's just, it is gosh. great to have Dave Chappelle back. Yeah, it is. Uh, Missed you so much. God. Yeah. Did man, he looks buff. He is. Yeah. Dave Chappelle works out like compared damn. to the way that he used to be like scrawny half baked. Yeah. That was like, no, yeah, he got, he's been lifting. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's weird looking at the way he used to be. I, obviously, you know, after watching his Netflix stuff, I got really excited and went back and looked at some of his older stuff. And it's like, oh, it is. Like, it is a crazy juxtaposition um, how big he is now. He's on oh steroids. <laughs> Fortunately, there's no laws against comedians uh, doping up. So. Juice Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, that was that was that was good to see. Yeah, because I, 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 that I and it's funny because in the Netflix thing, he keeps talking about beating the crap out of people, right? And it it makes sense now because he looks huge. But if old Dave Chappelle had been saying that stuff, you would have been like, "Yeah, really, really, <laughs> uh. man." Yeah, that was that was that was that was good stuff. So, um. Very quickly, the the French election. I was I was I don't know why I put in the agenda that we'd have results because of the elections tomorrow, not today. <laughs> but uh, so you know, by the time we get done, by the time the show gets out there, we'll know effectively what happened with the with the French election. This is coming, and frankly, if you want a real explanation for it, again, we can't recommend John Oliver enough. Um, so, uh, because his breakdown of it was great. He's pretty, pretty funny. The Economist also, if you're looking for less funny and just more, more straight news, uh, the Economist also has, uh, some fairly excellent breakdowns of the candidates. And, uh, I mean, obviously they endorse, uh, Macron or Macaroon or however you say it. Macaroon. Uh, I don't think it's Macaroon. I, think it's I don't Macron. think it's a Macron. Macron. So obviously he's there. He's their pick. French is but pretty they good, give, by the way. They have a good, they have a good breakdown. Wait, he speaks French? Apparently so. I mean, I don't know. He, either that or he practiced that a lot. He went through and did an entire bit in effectively in French. Uh, at the end of his last show, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, obviously Marine Le Pen is a, is is a terrifying human being. Uh, I mean, do you do you think? Well, I mean, what do you think? Do you think she's got a shot? Of course, she got a shot. Trump won. Brexit happened. I ain't gonna. I ain't dismissing anything. Make no predictions whatsoever. Um, but I don't think French people in general like Trump, and I think that all the stuff he's done makes them like him even less. And Le Pen has certainly tied herself to him to an extent. Well, and, she, and he tied himself right back. He basically yeah. endorsed her. So yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. I would I would hope not. You know, I mean, French people, for no other reason, they just can't, probably can't stand the idea of uh, the United States influencing anything that they do. So hopefully they'll <laughs> they'll vote against her just for That's that. Fair. Oh, uh, Lord. We'll see. Man, but, I mean, yeah. the, the likely result of all of this is that there is going to be a runoff. Um, and assumedly there will be one candidate from the right and one candidate from the left um, in that runoff. What was the name of this guy that that I I saw was sort of surging in the last few days? They called him the French Bernie Sanders, who's sort of out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what his name is. Started really shooting up in the polls. Yeah, you've got basically, basically, it's basically what it is. You've got Le Pen, who's the far right. She's the, and then you've got Macron, who Macron, who's this. Sort of middle of the road, uh, conservative, free markets kind of dude. Uh, who obviously boring has, is the I, thing I, that, that I keep hearing is a problem. But, but who I like. Uh, yeah. Then you've got Philon, Philion, Philion, Philone. I don't know. Um, I wonder if they mock our names. You know, if they're like <laughs> Smythe or Smith or Smithers, whatever you say. Um, Does he say it, Barack? And then what is oh. it, Barack Barracuda, whatever his name Obama. is. Um, you know, and now <laughs> you've got this person on the. Um, We're terrible. The, the, French, the far, yeah, yeah, my French is super good. <laughs> um, now and now you've got somebody on the far left uh, whose name I can't recall. Who's who's sort of making a late a late run. Uh, Phil Philan is gone. He he's there's no way he's all tied up in a corruption scandal. Uh, I, I can't imagine him making it to the runoff. So the 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 conventional wisdom until far left guy came in was that you were going to have Mackerel and Le Pen in a runoff, and then everyone who had been for Philan would join over, come over to the Mackerel side, and they would crush Le Pen. Um, now with the guy on the far left, that this makes things this makes things interesting. 
this this splits the uh, basically this basically splits the anti Le Pen vote three different ways. So it makes things much more up in the air as to who it is who's going to be against her in the runoff. Because conventional wisdom is that she will be in the runoff. Like, everyone's pretty much expecting her to get that, but then for her to lose in the runoff. Yeah, and then the that's, hope that's is been that everybody the expectations. else would, yeah, would, would, yeah. would condense around, you know, the anti-Marine thing. Which, you know what, I yeah. didn't realize until like three weeks ago that it actually is Marine. It's not Marie. Uh I, I don't know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, well, and that's fine. what you get when you've got, you know, multiple parties going at it, you know, and that's sort of the problem with one of the downsides to the two-party system because you had all these anti, anti-Trump anti Republicans, but once he was the standard bearer, we all, you know, everyone kind of went with him. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like there was this anti-Trump vote that would, that could, could coalesce around Clinton. Now, if she had been anyone else, you know, then maybe, but there's just so much animosity against her that. Yeah. Made, Spe- made speaking of which very briefly, because I only have to make one, I, I just, I have to make a comment about this. You saw the, the, the Ted Nugent, Kid Rock, Sarah Palin freak show, uh, at the poor Kid at, Rock, at man. He, he's not, he's not doing anything. I, actually, in that picture. You know he's it, just it, standing there. Well, and you know what? Kid Rock is the one that I can honestly say actually does something because I, I didn't realize this, but Kid Rock in a, because Ted Nugent is 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 useless and as is Sarah Palin. But Kid Rock actually uh, not not only owns his own brewery, but he deliberately opened it in an area of Michigan, I think Detroit specifically, that he knew had been through a rough patch economically. There were a lot of people there that needed jobs, so he went and found that spot, opened up his brewery in that spot so that he could get people jobs in that area. That's awesome. Which is which one? Which which is which is great. Um, but you know, and so it's hard for me to really blame Kid Rock in in any of this. But you know, and Kid Rock probably just got invited to the White House and was like, "Dude, yeah, right." Um, but I, the only thing I have to say about it is is, is that I I just want while everybody's out there getting all outraged and whatnot, just Imagine the response from Sarah Palin and Ted Nugent, frankly, if that had been a picture of Beyonce, Jay-Z, and George Clooney standing by and mocking Nancy Reagan's portrait. One, it was completely classless, right? So, I mean, there's no there's no way around that. It was, and that's one of the things I hate, is that I've, I've been very disappointed by the, the lack of class uh, from my 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 fellow Republicans, um, what was the latest thing? McConnell with the high fives, you know. Oh God, yeah. Chavitz, the you know, you got the, that one Republican senator who's uh what is or congressman who said that you don't you know you don't pay for me to go to Congress. The taxpayers they don't they don't oh, pay for this. Yeah, the guy from from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other guy who was he was like children, children, you know quiet you know at his press i mean just classless sort of stuff so uh yeah during this point there now that said i don't think the nancy reagan uh analogy is quite fitting because i mean clinton was the act i mean this this isn't them just mocking a first lady this is they they're mocking this other presidential candidate who their their party beat so it's not quite the same but that doesn't that doesn't excuse it this is this is still classless because she is still a first lady in that respect, you know, uh, and, and, but yeah, I, I suppose. Oh yeah. And deserving respect because of that. Are we going to go down that road? Mr. DJ Trump and Jay Kush. I have said nothing against Melania. Oh, I kind of feel bad for Melania in a lot of this, frankly. Um, but have I, have I said word one against Melania? No, no, but I you're just not. implying that because of someone's office, they're deserving of respect. Well, I mean, I don't know. It it it's no, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with you there. I'm I'm not. That's that's not what I'm saying. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, it's you know. I mean, I I don't know that at any point once they're gone, there's going to be an Ivanka portrait in the West Wing. Well, what 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 did you mean by she is the first lady still? She's she's still no. She's still a, she was still she's still a former first lady, deserving of the same respect in the same breath as Nancy Reagan. It's not any difference between the two. Right. So yeah, this idea that because she held some sort of office, who she was, that she's deserving of some amount of deference. 
the same sort of deference that you were implying Nancy Reagan is deserving of, I suppose. Okay. Right. And so that, sorry, I'm just, I'm finding this comical because you're, you're barely biting in your sarcasm of most people who are in position. And not say that's necessarily a bad thing. I, well, I don't know that first lady is in office. I mean, I, I, I don't know that being a first lady is necessarily something you earn. Hmm. I mean, is it to a certain extent? I mean, you, you certainly put up with a lot. I think. Even if you're going to be a first spouse, I don't care if you're a first okay. lady or if there eventually is a first husband. I think there's a lot to put up with. Look, no, uh, there was a lot. No, they, they behaved poorly. They were acting like, like, I don't, I don't know, children. Yeah. I don't know. Like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, whatever. Again, I says. Nothing else we, we need a, there, there needs to be an improvement in civility uh, mm-hmm. in general. Uh, and, you know, while while just because you're in office doesn't mean that you are you get to be free from criticism or you get to be free from, a, but a certain amount of civility uh, is necessary. Yeah, so, and that's look, and that's and, 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 and in a and lot they of cases. In this. Uh, yeah, and in a lot of ways, that's I guess that's kind of my point with the comparison between the way that the the Obamas carried themselves and frankly that a lot of that a lot of Republicans used to carry themselves. Okay, uh, even look, I didn't care for a lot of the things that George W. Bush did. There were a lot of people that were in his office that uh, that were in his cabinet. I didn't necessarily care for what they did. And I've certainly made my share of Darth Vader jokes about Dick Cheney, but, you know, uh, the man spent a long time. I don't, I, I don't like the guy. I'm not going to go on about that. But the man spent a long time in the public service, a very long time in the public service. Same thing for Don Rumsfeld, somebody who I don't really care for either. But again, they spent a long time in the public service, and that is not an easy life to lead. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's something that I think is is deserving of at least a little bit of deference. Same thing for Hillary Clinton. Okay, so maybe the first lady is not an elected office. Hillary Clinton did a lot of work. Nancy Reagan did a lot of work uh, behind the scenes, as did Michelle Obama, and they deserve a lot of respect for the the work that they've done. And there is a certain level of respect that has been missing from the Republican party for years now. And, and Donald Trump to me is the, is the epitome of that. He has never treated his opponents with respect. He has never treated the people that disagreed with him with respect. He makes cracks about the only reason to vote for Democrats. All of that, that thing with the book, he's referring to everyone that is against him with childish nicknames and there's a part of me that doesn't necessarily feel bad about referring to him or some of the people in his inner circle who have also used those childish nicknames and referring to them right back with the same childish nicknames because I and I don't feel bad about that. I have never made any sort of childish nicknames about uh, uh, people like John McCain, uh, Lindsey Graham, um, you know, uh, people who I generally have a lot of respect for the way that they carry themselves. Now, have I called John McCain a grouchy old man? Yeah, because a lot of times he behaves like a grouchy old man, but I still respect the guy. Um, and I, I would not make up a silly nickname for him. But, you know, frankly, this has been Trump's MO. And sometimes, you know, the only way to get through somebody who's behaving like a child is to behave like a child right back at him because apparently he responds to that sort of thing. He doesn't respond to reasonable arguments, but if you call him a sissy, then, well, you know, that seems to be the kind of thing he responds to. I'm fairly certain I could, I could post to at real Donald Trump, a very reason, what I believe to be a very reasoned argument about something. And he'd totally blow me off. I could tell him his mother was ugly and he'd be like, dude. So, you know, uh, that's I guess I guess that's my point with the nicknames. I know that they bug you, but there is a reason why. There is some method to the madness, whether it's reasonable and maybe I'm just being childish too. I don't know, but there you go. Well, Mr. Kushner has not done any of the things that you've said. That man don't hardly talk. Have you heard him talk? I've actually never. I couldn't even say what his voice sounds like, honestly. I, I I think you're probably right. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Look, I didn't think the Jake, the Jay Kush thing, we thought it was funny. I don't want to bring it. This is silly. That's the, that's, that's, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, it doesn't make a difference. Look, we've been calling Judge Neal, Judge Neal. We both say we respect him. You know, you just called somebody from France mackerel. 
Yeah, that's because I don't know how to say their name. That's not, <laughs> that's not a nickname. I just can't pronounce it. Whatever. No. This is silly. We got to talk about North Korea. So uh, the North Koreans are not surprisingly doing stuff. Um, and uh, well, we sent Mike Pence over there, and Mike Pence used it, showed them his angry Mike Pence face from the bomber jacket. Went out and made sure that they looked him right in the whites of his eyes as, as he as he and I quote said I wanted them to see the resolve in my eyes. And the North Koreans responded by pulling out their cell phones and taking pictures. Uh, I, I'm sure it was very terrifying for them to look, to look at angry Mike Pence's face and definitely made it, and I'm sure it made a big difference in everything. But to say, uh, to leave all of that aside, uh, there's a lot going on in North Korea, and there, there's a lot of reasons to believe that something may at this point come of it. Uh, both Russia and China are making border moves. Um, and just in the last 48 hours, there have been, uh, there's, uh, been photographs of, of Russian trains, uh, moving equipment to their border with North Korea. China supposedly is putting troops into position. Uh, one of China's great fears with the, with the instability of, 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 uh, if there were real instability in North Korea, uh, is a wave of, of uh, refugees coming into their country, so they're 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 gearing up for that potential. Um, Trump, for his part, when he when he's not saying stupid things like Korea was part of China, which made South Koreans not happy. Yeah, it was dumb. Um, they Pence, on one hand, said something stupid what I thought was stupid by running around and, and talking more of the same. Let's see what we can pin on Obama by saying the failed policies of the last eight years are done with. And now the big boys are in town and again, stared bomber jacket, hard look on his face, freaked everybody out. Um, but, and, and I think that that last eight years part is crap. Leave that out. But at the same time, my point about Obama's, policies is that Obama's policies towards North Korea were largely the same policies that George W. Bush had, that Bill Clinton had, that Reagan had. That we've had a lot of the same policies towards North Korea for the last 50 years, really since the end of the war. I don't know that it's changed. And you've seen a lot of this. To me right now, I'm watching what's going on in North Korea and going, okay, to a certain extent, this is what North Korea does. We get a new president, they puff up, and they try to get us to overreact and, and give them something. It's what they, they attempt to do. And a lot of times, it, sometimes they get what they want out of it. Um, but what I'm kind of getting to is I don't, I don't know that you could necessarily make the argument that the policies of the last eight years specifically failed because they were very similar to the policies of the last 50 years. So one side of the argument to me is how the policies of the last 50 years just failed. And if they have, is is the world just kind of done with this bullshit when it comes to the 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 to this family and their rule of North Korea? Because we've been putting up with this for a really long time. I'm kind of getting the sense that everybody's just like, you know what, we're done. And it may actually be time to do something. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, I would disagree a little bit with the idea that the Obama policies were the same as previous uh, administrations, um, and not necessarily in a negative way. Obama seemed to very much take on a much more of a tone of um, ignoring, almost. Uh, but at the same time, he did also, you know, it was under his guidance that we started up the THAAD, putting in the, the THAAD um, defense system in North Korea. Um, what Obama didn't do, which other administrations have done, and he was correct to not do, was he didn't make any moves to try and really talk with them. There was no yeah. attempts yeah. to renew the six-way talks that under that occurred under George W. Bush. Um, there was a recognition on his part that, look, we, we can't trust them to do anything, so we're, we're not going to bother. Um, Refresh my memory. When did, when did Kim Jong-il die? Was it under Bush? No, it was under Obama. It was under Obama. It was under Obama. And, and that's part of where... Now, also that said, I do, and I do like... And I know, you know, I want them to see my resolve and these sorts of things that uh, might, might sound a little ridiculous, but I do think that establishing a more firm stance of exactly what you're saying, of just, look, we're done. We're done. Don't do shit. 
Um, so I, I think that's reasonable, you know, a certain amount of strong stances. Uh, and I know there's been all this fuss about the Armada thing or whatever. I mean, it sounds like he said that they were sending an Armada out. The Armada was going to do some exercises in Australia first and then head up to North Korea, you know, and I know a lot of people have said, like, well, it wasn't headed directly there. Well, I mean, come on. I don't, I think, I think we're getting a little silly about that. Um, so I, I, I like what we're doing, uh, with that in, in regards to North Korea. And I do that think that bad. the, uh, when it comes to Russia and China, it downside does sound like maybe they're it preparing, uh, for the need to do something a little bit more drastic. And that might be because, Trump is giving an impression that the American government, for its part, is is done uh, with all the nonsense. <coughs> but I think we do also have to keep in mind that, as you said, a very somewhat predictable pattern had established itself with North Korea under the previous leadership, right? But now you've got the son, the much younger and seemingly somehow even more unstable son. So there yeah, might be a crazy. little bit of he a feel well of like, yeah, so there, there's some difference. So there might definitely be a sense, you know, get, coming from Russia and China that they don't any longer know exactly the way this is going to go down. So we're all sort of preparing for what might happen. What is this? What does this look like? Okay, because I I don't I don't think what I what I think is possible from a nuclear standpoint is that they would try to nuke Seoul and maybe Tokyo. They're not going to launch an attack on China. I don't know. Would we get involved in another ground war over there? Uh, oof. I don't know. I, I don't either. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, I used to think, no, there's no way, but the way that I think if they start know, bombing I, shit, we would let China handle it. Cause I don't think China would, I don't think China would put up with that. Right. If they, if North Korea actually started some form of overt aggression and heaven forbid, some sort of nuclear aggression, yeah. I find it hard to believe that China would allow that kind of instability right next door. Yeah. That is a whole nother level of instability that I just don't, don't think that they would tolerate because they don't want us over there. Right. They don't want us pouring even more troops into North, into South Korea, much less do they want us invading North Korea and being right on their border. So, I think the smart thing would be for us to send more troops to South. If things started to go badly, sending troops into South Korea and quickly negotiating with China and allowing China to put the smack down and stop things. So to a certain extent, because Trump has said this on a couple of occasions that he likes the way that China is, that, that China seems to be handling this. He likes the way that China is handling it. Um, and I'm not, I'm not actually, I'm actually not disagreeing with that point necessarily, because I think a lot of this, yes, it's our problem because China, North Korea threatens our allies on a regular basis. And frankly, we are still technically in a state of war with North Korea. I mean, granted, it doesn't seem like that, but that actually has been the case. You know, that was not a treaty that we signed. It was an armistice. Um, uh, you know, effectively a ceasefire that we've been at for 60 years. Um, so, you know, but largely, you know, China's, China's thing is China, China doesn't want instability, right? And they don't like X factors. This kid's an X factor. And, you know, 
I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm kind of with you. And I kind of I, I kind of I, I feel like Trump may be right about this, that this is China's problem and that we just let China handle it. Uh, agreed. And all the more reason that he needs to be doing what he seems to be doing, which is um, not trying to piss off the Chinese. Yeah, sure. Shifting more in their direction. But again, I mean, I'll take this opportunity to uh, slam his decision to scrap the TPP. You know, all you want to talk about stability, you want to talk about all these sorts of things. The best way to create stability is through economic ties. So yeah, TPP yeah. was the best way to help us to create more stability in the Asia Pacific. And he squashed it. So now, you know, we look, because of course, you know, I'm happy that we are, you know, peace through strength. I'm a Republican. This is what we do. Absolutely. Glad to hear it. But you are making it more necessary for us to be like that and for us to have to put even more money into these sorts of things and be putting our soldiers' lives on the line because you scrapped the TPP. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's, and to, to say the least, I, I, I kind of feel like that's the more interesting. That, that's, the mo- that's the most... If there's a shot that something bad is going to happen sooner rather than later, that seems like where it could happen. Something unexpected, you know, because the eyes of the world are, are typically on the Middle East these days. But, you know, there's a lot going on over there. And that's a it's a it's a tricky spot. So, you know, we'll just see. I don't know. Have you anything else on the matter? I do not. I do not either. And I believe that that is our show. So why don't you take us out with something cool? Something cool. So in Florida, uh, Nicola Taylor's apartment and all of her baby gifts from the baby shower that she had had two days before were destroyed. And apparently uh, the firefighters who came uh, to put out the fire were heartbroken by seeing all of those uh, baby items burned up and they got fairly emotional and they decided to do something about it. So they collected donations, um, everything from baby clothes to baby carriers, and brought her even more gifts than she had had in the first place. And on top of that, uh, paid for um, her deposit and the first few months' rent for her new apartment. I thought that was very cool and wonderful to see. Uh, and God bless the Lauder Hill Fire Department in Florida. For their caring and all that they did. That's tremendous. It's a great story. Very it nice. Is. I like it. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Congratulations to those guys. That's a big step. So, all right. Well, that's all we got for this week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You can check us out on Twitter. I'm a LibCon Matt. Tim's a LibCon Tim. Uh, again, thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. <laughs>